right, Ghost. No more waiting around. Let's get this motherfucking thing popping. We are the Bunt, the People's Podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Michael, uh, game on the line. Who would take the last shot? Me. That's a dumb question. Vans. (laughs) Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Here we are. It's episode 10 of the COVID Chronicles. The people know who we are. I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. As always, we've got Ants One behind the scenes. Yo, what up, bun homies? I just want to let you guys know that I listened to you guys, and I went ahead and threw all the bun beats up on Apple Music, Spotify, and all other streaming services that you guys use. So go bump that. Let's go. It's a cool thing. You know we turn up the heat in the kitchen when we get towards the end of a season. Ghost, do the honors. Oh, man. It's an inferno in these streets, blood. <laughs> next next couple of weeks, it's on and popping. You already know how the fuck we do it in Studio E. For the people, we got none other than Ali Bulala, legend of pain. The flip videos, especially Flip Story, had a huge impact on both of our lives as skaters. The stats say that most of the people that listen to this pod are around our age, so... I would imagine the video had a huge impact on the majority of our listeners. So uh, it was obviously an honor to have Ali in the building, go behind the scenes on some stuff, get to know him. Awesome guy. Excited for the people to hear this interview. Then we go into the post office. I think we got some voice notes and some loose balls hollering as per usual. Love it. And then uh, we'll see if we can't talk some sports in the rundown. You dig? As always, remember to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe on YouTube at The Bunt Live. And if you want to show even more love, head over to patreon.com slash The Bunt. And oh shit, man, we got a website too. Ghost was popping with that. Oh, the website? Yo, you know what I'm saying? The home of The Bunt Wars. Might be working on a little something there. But yo, next week, <laughs> it's about time. Long overdue. You know what I'm saying? The pandemic slowed shit down for us, but we finally got back around to it. Got a little quick strike, one-two piece coming for the people. So stay tuned. Got some gear hitting the web store. You know what I'm saying? We had to dust off the web store a little bit, bring it back to life. Hype to get some gear out there for the people, dog. And when's that? Next week at some point, man. I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) At some point. By the time you are listening, to episode 11 of the bunt the web store will be on and popping man let's pick a time right now what do you say next wednesday at seven o'clock oh you know we love 7 p.m EST. prime time baby yeah yeah make sure you hit the website we'll finalize everything on instagram stay tuned and of course tune into the pod streaming on all platforms spotify soundcloud you name it we there so without further ado it's time the ghost shout out of the week. Tell me you got something spicy for me. Oh, I got something real spicy. 
Yo, I was so stoked to see Lazy Paparazzi, Montreal legend, put out a new classic, Monsieur mm -hmm. Emile. You know what I'm saying? Check it out. It's on YouTube. It's a uh, Mr. Emile. Le For film. English speaking people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, check it out. I think there's a topic on Slap, so you can find it there too. If you just want to dip into that Montreal lifestyle via skating, uh, this is a great example of what you know some summer days in Montreal look like. Got all the boys out there shredding. Johnny Purcell made it pop. Tiago has some tricks. It's just a feel-good clip, man. Yeah, it's 13 minutes of quality footage, and it definitely just makes you want to go skate. So check it out. So like we said, the legend, Ali Bulala, in the building. Not only is his Haas out, but now his Bunt interview is out. Oh. It was just a matter of time, man. Fans of Ali will notice there are some topics left out in this interview. They were covered to a great extent and is epically latered. So if you think we missed out on something, just know we chose to skip that over. If you want to hear about it, check it out. YouTube, Ali Bulala, epically latered. Hell yeah, bro. Without further ado, let's get into the interview. Bulala, the legend. Can't wait to, to link up with them when we finally make it out to Stockholm. But yo, let's crack a couple tallies, eh? <laughs> yo, Canada's premium pilsner, Steam Whistle, the only buzz. Very special day inside Studio We. We have the legend, Ali Bulala, in the building. What's going on, man? Yeah, not much here. Just uh, chilling at home. Had some dinner, yeah. Happy to have you. Yeah, it's cool to be to be on. I've, I've listened to some episodes and yeah, seems cool. Thanks. So welcome to the COVID Chronicles, aka season 11 of The Bunt. How has your life changed in the past couple of weeks due to this pandemic we're all going through? My life hasn't changed that much at all, actually. Yeah, I don't. I can't really say for me, but I, I mean, I, I see. I see shit around me changed a little bit, especially like here in Sweden. There's not that much of a of a change. There's uh, signs that say like when people are standing in line that you have to keep distance, and that's pretty much it. Mm. All the the there's no theater plays and no concerts, and and like all the cinemas are closed, and that's that's about it. Yeah, Sweden's not going as hard as some yeah. of the other countries in Europe, but uh, no, hopefully no. it doesn't backfire. But uh, enjoy that that freedom. Yeah, I mean, I talked to my to my friends like in 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 Paris. They were like, "What? Sweden's not a lockdown? What the fuck?" Yeah. And then when I talked to them, they're like, "They're you sound like that's what we were thinking two weeks ago. And yeah, that's yeah. like a month ago now." And we're like, "Man, no, still, still no lockdown." Uh, we'll see. We'll so, see what pops. Yes. That's good news, man. <laughs> so we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Mm, probably the biggest one was maybe the first time I went to the States. And uh, we flew to San Diego. And uh, the, the dudes that I was flying with, they, were, they had like... There was a vert skater, Matthias Ringstrom, if you know who that is. Yeah, we know the name. 
Yeah, he had like sorted out a place in San Diego to where we were going to stay at. And it so happened that it was Matt Hensley and Chris Hensley's house. Damn. And that was like pretty fucking insane. First experience, like, oh yeah, we're staying at uh, the Hensley brothers' house. <laughs> How old were you for that first trip? Like, uh, 16. Damn. And, uh, you know, I've been like from just watching Hocus Pocus and all those, it was just unreal to like what the fuck we're staying at his house like playing pool with him and stuff so that was like the the the, the first one maybe the still probably the most memorable nice so let's rewind it back to the beginning where'd you come up and how'd you get into skating hold up what about the sports moment oh i yeah. don't think we got a sports moment my bad you a sports yeah, fan uh, yeah i mean but i don't know have any 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 memorable good sports moments really is that because your soccer team sucks yeah, I mean they do suck, <laughs> but but uh, there was a, a moment when they had like it was the like, the last game of the season, and they were like in the division below the the top division, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and that was like the last game, and if they won that game, they made it back up to the to whatever premier. I don't know what it's called in English, but it's like the other the higher league. And uh, and then they made it in, and everyone like rushed to the the pitch. <laughs> nice. And, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then did they get to the next yeah. level, and then just get slaughtered, or what? No, they're still on the on the top level. But oh, I mean, that's all right. Yeah, and then, then like this, they've been doing pretty good. But now it hasn't started again because of this Corona shit. Right. It's been yeah. pushed. <laughs> so there's not going to be any games now. What's your team called again? Hammarby. Word. Well, uh, we'll keep an eye out for them. Or yeah, <laughs> do it. Try. And then, like every every season, like the the first game, there's like this huge parade that they do from like uh, one part of the city, like to the stadium. Yeah. A huge like march. That's pretty. Sweet. Which I think they don't have permission permission for, but they like somehow they the cops they know that it's going to happen every year, so they just let him. Yeah, let him do it that's but dope. now there's not going to be anything i don't think because of this there's not going to be any games so yeah so uh take us back to the beginning where'd you come up and how'd you get into skating i don't know what year it w- would have been but it we was on like a family holiday with uh my family i think somewhere in, in can't remember what island but one of those spanish canary islands maybe or mallorca one of those, my, maybe I was 10, maybe. And the idea came from my brother, actually. We were uh, on the holiday there and uh, going to these arcade halls, you know. Back in the day, there used to be like arcades. Yeah. And, and there, they had, and then we got like this allowance, like coins to go and play video games with. And then uh, I noticed how, like, my brother wasn't really playing. I'm like, why are you not fucking playing? And he had saved up all his coins. I'm like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> he's like, oh, I want to buy a skateboard. I'm going to save all everything and try to buy a skateboard. Because we've seen people skateboard around uh, the plaza there where the arcade was. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I want to do that too. And so that's what we did. And then we started skating. Damn. Well, hustlers, yo. That's sick. <laughs> then there was like a couple of 
people in our neighborhood. I don't know if they already skated or they started skating, but then we, yeah, there was like two or three other friends. So yeah, that's how we started. That's what's up. So what was your first big break into the skate industry? I think it, when I, after I went to, to San Diego and stayed at the Matt Hensley's house and that, we went to Huntington Beach because the vert skater Matthias was friends with Rune Glifberg, who was also a vert skater oh, from Scandinavia. And I don't know if they had talked or whatever, but he, we, we were all going to Huntington Beach. Like, oh, let's go. We're going up to Huntington Beach. And we went up there and then uh, met up with Rune. And then there was one night where there was like Rune and Tom Penny. I think Jeff Rowley was there too. And the, one of the owners of Flip just came out and like, oh, here's a Jeremy Fox. He's here to watch you skate. I'm like, what, what? the fuck? <laughs> Who's this guy? Like, this is weird. <laughs> and it was strange, like some sort of audition, you know. And then, uh, and then after that night, he just put me on the team. Like, hey, would you like to be on the Flip team? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it was unreal, you know. That's insane. Yeah. That was a huge moment, for sure. Probably the biggest moment in my skate career. Then I collect called my brother in Sweden and he thought I was lying. <laughs> like, he's like, no, you're, like, you're lying. That's so That's sick. That's crazy. So those guys were all already on the team when you got on, like Rune and Jeff and yeah, Tom? Cause they had, yeah, they had moved uh, from wherever, from Europe to, to start. So like Flip was already going in America by, like then, by that time. I don't know, it was maybe not as huge as it became, but it was still pretty fucking big mm -hmm. at the time. And I remember I had like a girl, Mike Carroll skate board, like, and then Jeremy's like, oh, but are you not gonna go and ride for girl or anything now, are you? <laughs> I'm like, uh, what like could I like, I, <laughs> I, like I, it was just so weird like what? I, that wasn't even an option that I was ever going to be writing for any company you know but he knew that somehow that he knew that I was a huge Mike Carroll fan oh okay I don't know who had told him I don't know how where he got his information from but uh, yeah maybe from Brune that's hilarious so you rode for Flip forever but you also we're close with the Baker squad, and uh, we heard that your nickname was actually Baker back in the day. What's the origin behind that? Yeah, I think, I can't remember who came up with the name, but uh, I think it was because I was getting baked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, that seems the most obvious. And then, uh, yeah, I was the, the Baker boy, and they became... And they had, like, Jay Strickland had made a tape of me just fucking around. Like, he filmed me a lot. Like, like not skating. Well, sometimes skating, but, like, mostly just playing with remote control cars or whatever, fucking around. And he wrote on the tape, like, Baker Bootleg. And I think Damn. that's where the name, the name for the company later came. That's crazy. Because at some point, I remember that we're all, like... We are the Baker boys. You know, I was like, you know, I'm not the only one getting baked. <laughs> but no, like, you know, we're, we're all baked, you know. 
And then when he started his company, like, I, I don't know. He just, yeah, took that name. Was there ever any thought about going and switching teams to the Baker squad? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he, Andrew came here before he started it. He came to Stockholm. And then he was saying, like, yeah, I'm going to quit Birdhouse and Jim's going to quit Zero. I'm going to start this thing. Maybe I'm going to call it Six Degrees. Maybe I'm going to call it Baker. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I'm over here now. Like, I got kicked out from the States. He's like, yeah, well, I understand you can't come back. And, yeah, it it was definitely a thought. Like, I was thinking about it. And then I was also thinking about, like, Flip and how everyone on Flip was European and maybe, like, in Europe or European. And I don't know. Yeah, that was probably made more sense to, like, ride for a brand where they're, like, it's easier to be international. There's a presence in Europe, too. Still, though, it would have been would have been cool to have have actually written for, for Baker. Oh, for sure. But yeah, because if, like when he said that he's gonna quit Birdhouse and Jim's gonna quit Zero and he's gonna start his new thing, like of course I was like, well, oh, fuck yeah, of course I want to do that. Yeah. But then he was like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, and he was like, oh, but I won't be able to pay you anything because I'm starting from scratch here. And I'm like, yeah, I understand, but yeah. Luckily, there's no wrong choice there. Yeah. No, but then he was also like, man, maybe you should stay with Flip. I'm like, fuck, but I really want to fucking... <laughs> yeah. Damn. It was a hard hard choice to make. So, how did the Piss Drunks originally get formed? Yeah, I get this question a lot, and I hear a lot of other people saying a lot of other stuff. But this, the name came... From what I remember, this is what I remember. We were drunk all the fucking time, so I don't know how accurate this can be. But I think it came from a Biggie Smalls song. Oh. At an old Biggie Smalls song, where he says in the lyrics something, 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 getting pissy drunk. Ah. It could be like his one of his first songs, Party and Bullshit, but I don't remember which song it was. But I know in some of his lyrics he says, getting pissy drunk. And then somehow that got stuck. And it was me and Aaron Piercy from Arizona and this other guy named Matt So or Punker Matt from Arizona. Like I was hanging out with them a lot. And then one day... We are like, oh, we're getting pissy drunk all the fucking time. Like, we should call ourselves something. And I don't know if one of us said it, we should call ourselves the piss drunks. And we're like, yeah, done. (laughs) And then from what I remember, Piercy was like, we should have a logo. And I'm like, yeah, fucking do a logo. And he just like wrote the fucking logo, the uh, backwards P and a D which I think he came up with from a Dead Kennedys logo. Yeah, the DK. But, yeah, but it was the PD instead. But that's the thing, we're just drunk, so I don't know. (laughs) That's just how I remember it. That's so butter. And I don't remember, and I don't remember anyone else ever said like, no, I came up with the name and I came up with the logo. And so that's the story I'm sticking with, because no one ever said, anything different you had the baker nickname and the piss trunks 
That's a hectic combo, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's Ali Bulala week. So CHPO brand is doing an Ali Bulala contest. The winner gets both pairs of his signature sunglasses. The first person to correctly email us the year that Ali Bulala turned pro for flip is getting a box to their doorstep. CHPO brand doing it for the people, y'all. Can you tell us about getting arrested and the story of what happened in Baker 2G and then there was the footage of you coming out? Yeah, so I don't know exactly what happened before, but uh, yeah, I got arrested and then the day that I got out, it was like really early in the morning, they just let me out in between the, you know, the border they have in between LA and San Diego. For some reason, that's that was like some immigration weird holding tank place. After they would like transferred me around in different jails, then they let me go there at like six in the morning. And then uh, when I got back to Huntington, yeah, I, went, I just went skating or we all just went skating and I did all that stuff. Pretty much everything that you see, I still had the same clothes on that I had. Well, no, I mean, I had the orange jumpsuit at some point, but that's the clothes I had on when, I, when they arrested me. So, yeah. That's wild. And then did they deport you after because of that? Yeah, when it was like, they said, like, if you don't leave on this date, there's going to be trouble. And then they, yeah, they wrote on my passport, like, you're doing a, a voluntarily deportation. Whatever it Damn, was so how long did they give you to leave? I think a, a week. But every, like all the Baker footage was like, that was the same day, I think, the day that I Jeez. got released. And then I don't know how, I think it was like a week. And then we all, the, the whole flip team went to, to France to start filming the flip video, I think. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah. To get I deported. <laughs> I mean, I think because I was on the same plane, like... With Jeremy Fox, like, I think we, everyone left. What? At the same time, yeah. Was it because of you? No, I think it was already planned, like, we were going to go to Europe and start filming for the flip video. Oh, that's so dope. Wow, what a time to be deported. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, because there was, like, plan was to go, yeah, to Tom's mom's house in the countryside where he had, like, mini ramp. Oh, the mini ramp from the video. Yeah, th- yeah, there's some footage from in there. We were fucking around and and then yeah, me and Tom was we were in Bordeaux for a while, like filming. Yeah, so at this point you guys start filming for Sorry. Can you tell us a bit more about the filming process? Yeah, I think we like I said, we we went to Tom's mom's house in this little village in France. And then I was with Tom in, in Bordeaux and uh, Theo Hand, who was filming at the time. And then I think we all met up, like with the rest of the team in Barcelona, I think. Because a lot of stuff, yeah. And there, uh, that was like before, just before Barcelona got like completely blown out. 
but it was still it was already like there was everyone knew there was good skate spots there and there were like people had already started going there but yeah that was one of the one of, and then I think we went to Lyon actually because French Fred was like taking over the filming process or I can't remember exactly but we all went to Lyon after Barcelona at some point were you able to go back to the States at any point? No, I still haven't been back since then. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I was like trying to think of footage of you in California, and all I could think of is really old stuff. Yeah, that was probably the last thing, the day that I got out of jail. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then from we finally were like, okay, the, the, the video is done. For some reason, someone thought that to have the idea the premiere, the world premiere was going to be in Japan. And we're like, what? I've never been to fucking Japan. Like, why, why, why Japan? Like, that was a weird mm -hmm. move. But that's what we did. World premiere in Japan. First flip <laughs> video ever in Japan we were going to. Sick. How was that night? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was weird. Like, I haven't been there since either. That was a strange place. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, I guess the skating was big there, or still is mm -hmm. probably. And it was huge to have the premiere there, and like a lot of people, and yeah, it was a mere, weird move though. Kind of cool, I like it. But someone decided that that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Then we went. Fuck, was the other premiere? Then it was like me, Arto, and Bastian, just three, the three of us, with the master tape copy of the film like going to all these different cities in Europe like oh that's sick one day at a time like oh Norway and then somewhere and then somewhere and then Amsterdam and, like we just flew around Europe with the tape like every day <laughs> was a different place and different places so sick that's crazy then did yeah. some guys do that in the states as well I don't know I don't know if they ever had a premiere in the states they must have had but this is like the VHS tape time yeah, still. Yeah, that yellow tape. Yeah, I can't remember if there ever was a premiere in the States. There must have been. There must have been uh, one I, in California. Yeah, yeah. I read about a story um, about one of Tom's friends at the Bordeaux house. Yeah. Maybe doing some uh, renovating and throwing all your stuff out. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. That was uh, Barrington. Oh. <laughs> That's a weird one. Yeah, I don't know exactly how. Uh, but I remember he came to stay. And then he started to act like very strange. Like, and I noticed how he hadn't gone to sleep for a couple of days. And like listening to the same song over and over again. I can't remember which. It was a, a Wu-Tang song. Nice. Track number seven on one of the newer ones. <laughs> it could have been. It could have been that. Uh, what fuck was that one called? Wu Tang Forever. Maybe the the black and gold one. Nice. Anyway, it was track number seven over and over again, and he was completely delirious, like talking complete nonsense. And then uh, at some point, he lifted like he had, was completely naked in the apartment. Just running around, listening to the same song over and over again. Uh, probably smoking a lot, like drinking booze. And then he picked me up at some point, And I was like, 
oof, okay, this is getting a bit dangerous. Like, then me and Theo left. We went downstairs to have a coffee, and then we just see how like shit just starts flying out of the. We I lived at the top too, the top floor, and downstairs was this plaza with like all these cafes and stuff. And we just all the shit just kept flying out of the the windows, like everything that you can imagine: couches, beds, TV. <laughs> Tom, Tom had just bought these fucking really expensive bongo drums, just flying. And then a little tiny fire started, like on the, the pile from all the, the shit that he threw out, like a, a pile of stuff, and then maybe the TV exploded a little bit. And there was like a, a tiny fire starting at, in the middle of the plaza. Jesus. And yeah, I don't know exactly what, what happened to him, like some psychosis. And then uh, obviously we called like someone, I don't know if it was like the fire department or some, like they came and like, Gave him a shot, like, in his ass, and then carried him away. Holy Wow. They, like, tranquilized him? Yeah, I think it was something like that. Wow. Because he was a huge person. <laughs> it was... It could be dangerous. Wow. That's not really... But, yeah. And then, yeah, he got sent to the psych ward, and I think we visited him there maybe a couple of times. And he was still a little bit crazy, you know, but then I think he went back to England. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he understood really what happened either. Yeah. So can you take us behind the scenes on the infamous 25-star Ollie attempts in Lyon, France? Yeah. I mean, there was, there's nothing that spectacular going on around behind the scenes. Just I remember a long time before I even came to Lyon to film for the flip video. I had been to Lyon with like Andrew Reynolds was there and maybe it was some America trip. Lance Doss was the photographer, I remember that. And we stayed in the in the hotel where the 25 stairs was then someone had like walked around the hotel and seen that, like, oh, there's this massive set of stairs. Like, when this was a long time before even flip video was talked about or anything. And I remember, we can find out when, when this was because it was the day Keenan Milton passed away. Oh, wow. So that was then when, when I saw the stairs for the first time. And then, we started filming for the fit video with French Fred, and it was like, oh, you know those stairs? This is this the, the city that those stairs are in. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, sure, but, you know. And then he started to, like, try to get me to do it. Like, you know, did you still want to try maybe try that? I'm like, nah, I don't know. And then there was all this talk about Jamie Thomas is going to come and try it, and then <laughs> maybe... Diego Bucheri is going to come and try it. Oh, no. But I don't know if that was ever true, but that's what I think Fred said and maybe someone <laughs> else said too. I'm like, well, why, why aren't they here to try it? <laughs> and then one fateful morning, Fred called me and like, dude, this is the day you said you're going to try it. I'm like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> and I remember I met him there like, it wasn't even the huge ordeal. Like, I drove on my Vespa there. 
like came and met him at the, at the stairs. Like, okay, all right, let's fucking get this over with. And then, uh, yeah, and I just fucking ran, jumped, and the board uh, broke. And then there was nothing more. That, that mm -hmm. was the, the first time I tried it. And I thought like, wow, okay, that was gnarly. Like, holy shit, I'm alive. I didn't break anything besides the board. I thought like, okay, good. So maybe, maybe that could be like a slam section or something. <laughs> and then I don't know how long until the next time, but like some time went on. And anyway, and then Fred was like, no, there's a new deadline. Like, you still have time to, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I fucking didn't make it. Like, nah, fuck that. But then somehow he convinced me, and I think Ian Deacon also, they sent me like some special thicker board, like with like nine plies or other. <laughs> because, yeah, the time when I tried it, it was on, actually on French Fred's filmer board. Wow. And it was also like some weird spirit moment, like, I'm like, oh, oh, should I have bigger wheels? And he's like, well, here, take my board. Jesus. So it was not, not, not so much planning. And then, uh, yeah, and then when I, the second time I remember, it was starting to rain a little bit, so it was a bit slippery. And then I, I didn't get enough speed. And I guess that's not so much behind the scenes either, because that's like the whole scene right there. But yeah, I remember like it wasn't really that spectacular that's pretty spectacular to us man but i mean yeah, yeah I mean, that was I mean, crazy the footage the footage looks spectacular i remember that from the first time i ever saw that because that bridge that's that goes in front of the stairs i remember that's where i first seen the stairs like wow this looks spectacular it's gonna look it looked yeah. insane yeah. yeah yeah but then the whole situation around it was like Oh, I just drove there on my Vespa, like, okay, let's go. And then, like, <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't make it. And then now I've seen that someone else has also tried it now and didn't make it. Oh, someone wow. tried to ollie it, like some French guy. Oh, recently, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was it like watching Jaws pull it off years later with you in the building? What'd you think of him wearing the body armor? Yeah, I mean,. It, like I said, it's a whole different situation. Like, his dad was there, there was like eight cameras, and like, they had planned this for a long time because he had already tried it once and not made it, and they had like kept that in the dark. Because I remember like when Burnett sent me the email, you know, I was like, he was talking about the, the 25 stair, and like, oh, we need your expertise, and I was like, hang on, is that, this must be the kid Jaws, right? Because there was no one else in, on this planet that would try it. And he's like, yeah, it's Aaron Homoki or whatever his name is. <laughs> he's going to try it and we want you to come there. And then when I come there, they flew me to, to, to Lyon and then they told me like, or I think maybe he told me that Jaws, like he's like, yeah, I tried this like five years ago and got broke off. Jesus. He, had like, I don't know what happened with his knee, something, I don't know if it was ACL or whatever the other... MCL. Things, uh, yeah. And he hit his balls on the ground, like, oh, because he did the oh. split, splits, like... Oh. I, th I think he maybe showed me the footage, I'm like, wow, that's worse than anything that ever happened to me <laughs> in these stairs. 
And then now I'm like, oh, so you want to do it, do it again now? It's like, and yeah, he wanted to do it. But yeah, so he had tried it, like, I don't know how many years, but it was a couple of years ago, that time when he got fucked up. And then now he was back again to try it. And uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like, okay, so you did it and you didn't invite me? Like, maybe that's why he didn't make it <laughs> that, that time. He's like, yeah, it's a huge thing that you're here. Like, holy fuck. I had no idea about who he, well, I mean, I'd seen some clips of him like doing some massive ollies. So I understood like that is the guy that's gonna act, maybe the only guy that's gonna try it or maybe do it. Yeah, wow. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool to see him. And, and to know the whole backstory, that the first skate video that he saw was the flip video. Oh. Like the, the first flip video. And he was, what, 13 or something? And that was like the coolest thing that he had ever seen. And then he got to go there and try it and do it. And then I was there watching it. Crazy. Maybe it would have been similar as if I would have been able to go to Embarcadero in like the 90s and watch people skate there. Yeah. So skipping forward in time a little bit here. Yeah. What happened to your signing bonus when you got on Osiris? Yeah, it looks like it was a (laughs) suitcase full of money. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that was just uh, for the photo. (laughs) Okay. But I think, I think I got one of those laptops, whatever was the, the, the newest one at the time. Like, a, a, what fuck was it called? Powerbook or whatever? Macbook? Ma- no, they were called something else. It was like the silver fucking... No, I think it was before the Macbook Pros. Yeah, it was way before that. Didn't you end up focusing it? Yeah, I did. How the fuck <laughs> did you know about that? Yeah, that's, uh, that was a weird one. Because I had it with me, like everyone at the time had laptops and that was like, I think they asked me like, oh, what do you want first? Or, or if I said like, I want the big, the newest Mac, uh, whatever, power book. <laughs> so they gave me that and that, like everyone had their laptops that were, that was like, like having a Walkman and everyone had movies and were watching like all DVDs and whatever and playing games. And I don't know, something happened to the fucking thing and everything always, I had like some other one laptop before that too that got fucked up. I don't know, because we tried always to make like, it wasn't called jailbreaking, but it was like something similar back then, where you like reboot the whole thing to open it up more. I don't, I don't know oh. what, it was, what it was good for, but yeah. I think that's what fucked it up. And then I just got so fucking angry one time when I, I tried to like, there was this, I bought this disc, this repair disc that was supposed to like re- restart the whole thing. <laughs> from the beginning you know like when it's brand new and then that just fucked it up even more and it wouldn't even take the cd out anymore and i oh no yeah so i tried to like focus it sounds fun how did you navigate like sponsorship and like because you were on vans at one point then osiris like how did you do all of that from europe was it challenging Uh, no i would not i was never on vans oh okay you just skated them yeah, and that was another weird thing for the fucking 25 stair. I had some Jeff Vans, oh, really no. thin soled shoes. Jesus. 
But uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, sometimes I had a shoe sponsor. Some, sometimes I didn't. I had a. I don't know how the Osiris deal came up, actually. Maybe it was Ian Deacon. But also I knew Dune, Chris Pastras. He was the mm. team manager for Osiris at the time. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was, I think it was Ian Deacon that hooked up some of the shoe deals. No, at some point I was on something called... Fuck was it called? I don't think they ever had any shoes, though. It was like me and Ronnie Krager, and that was it. Huh. Fuck, what was it called? It's Nadia or something. Nadia, yeah. Oh! Is that, is yeah. that sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that was it. But nothing ever came of it. And then, oh, at some point I rode for Duff's. I think I was still in the States at that point. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, these days it's it's not uncommon to just you know have your whole career you could be in europe canada anywhere australia and you know have dope sponsors but back then it probably would have been a bit of a disadvantage did you find it hard to like navigate your whole career from europe when everything was still kind of in california no i don't know like for me because i had still been there like before Mm -hmm. uh, so i don't know no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't really hard. And with the, because then I wrote for Etnies, and I had already that was my first actual shoe sponsor because I think Rune at the time also wrote for was it Etnies or he was maybe America, one of the Soltech companies mm-hmm. anyway. I feel like I remember and it Etnies. Yeah, I think it was Etnies. Yeah. I don't know, but it was one of one of the Soltec. And straight away when I got on Flip, immediately it was like, oh, Soltec, TSA, like all the other ones were like, yeah, come yeah. with us. <laughs> so and then and then I had already been on, on with with Soltec, and then I can't remember at what point I went back to Ethnies. Yeah. And then I got I had a shoe on Ethnies too. Damn. But that was yeah, it was a huge team at the time. Yeah, it was. That's right. But that's when Rune rode for it again, and it was like Rune, Sheckler, Bastion. It was like everyone and Arto. There was a massive crew, and we all went to Mallorca to just to hang out. And I don't know if there was any purpose that I was, if <laughs> anything ever came came out from it. The vacation. Yeah, we were like in Mallorca in this big mansion. That's and, sick. Uh, yeah, there was not really that many skate spots either. <laughs> the party yeah, trip. I, I don't know what the fuck we were doing there. Yeah, pretty much. I remember throwing like the stereo system in the fireplace. <laughs> but then, uh, the mu- <laughs> there must be this footage of like of the, the stereo system burning with Hotel California still playing from the speakers <laughs> with like the last little notes coming out like oh man well at least you got some footage can you tell us about the barrio house what was that yeah that was on and funnily enough that was really close to the flip apartment who which was like in the same area almost the same block in Huntington Beach which uh, I stayed at 
at some point first I stayed there and then I stayed at the barrio like I don't remember who had the actual apartment but Andrew Reynolds was staying there Brian Sumner some other Australian kid I think it was Chad Barty damn <laughs> oh, he's not even a kid but yeah <laughs> maybe at that point yeah. and who did I say Ali Carnes because it was yeah it was sort of a birdhouse apartment I guess because Jay Strickland was a team manager. Andrew Reynolds had a room there. Brian Sumner stayed there. And this, that Chad Barty, I think it was Chad Barty. Jim Greco. Jeez. And I stayed there. Dustin Dolan stayed there. But he also stayed at some Volcom house in Newport. So he was going back and forth. But yeah, it was a lot of people in that apartment. That was the, uh, I don't know where the name came from, or it was Ed Templeton that named it the Barrio, or I don't know. But yeah, yeah, that was before the Warner Avenue mob. That was like the same kind of crew. And in the same complex, there was these girls from Boston, Courtney Collins and her sister and some other girls that stayed in the same apartment complex. So we just we go to their house, or they come to our house, and we just had yeah parties. <laughs> what a time to be in California! And and across upstairs, across fucking Chad Fernandez had an apartment. Oh man! If you know who that is, <laughs> and there was yeah. a major beef going on there. But Chad Fernandez was really good friends with Brad Hayes, which was our friend also what was what was yeah. the chad fernandez beef again i remember he had beef with the baker squad yeah i know that he i don't know somehow him and jim always hate each other <laughs> and that's where the beef originated from i don't even know how it started but yeah it, the beef continued for a long time even all the way to australia many many years later <laughs> what yeah, because he was, he was in Australia and like when we were all there. And yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Did it ever come to blows, the beef? I think him and Jim maybe had, I don't know if they actually fought or like just threw some shit at each other. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I think they, they must have like fought at some point. Yeah, I wonder what the beef was over. Was it skate-related? I can't even remember. Maybe it was over the Boston girls. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so years later, you made the decision to become sober. What was behind that choice? Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I don't know. If It wasn't really even a choice. Like, oh, maybe I should get sober because I've already thought about it at some point where, like... Where Jim and Andrew got sober, and uh, I remember thinking, like, what the fuck are they doing? You know, like, it was uh, completely strange to me, like, how anyone would ever want to become sober. But then I just came to a point where, yeah, it was just, I didn't even have the will to live anymore. And at that point, I didn't even realize that it was because of all my drinking and taking drugs for a long time. But uh, I came to that point where 
I had nothing left to, else to try, like to see if uh, that was the problem. And yeah, and it, and it seemed to be like that was the deal breaker. Like I'm, I was just going to try to stay sober and see what happens. And uh, yeah, what I realized, like maybe after like three months, I was like, oh, okay, so that was that was the problem. Yeah, it was not fun coming to that point. For sure. Yeah, but if I didn't feel as shit as I did, then I probably wouldn't have even attempted to get sober. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's been five years since your Epically Latered came out, obviously chronicling your life. And the- Oh, is it? Yeah, I was watching okay. it today. I think it came out in 2015. Okay. Unless that was like a recap of it, but... No, that sounds about right, because I, I, was, I remember I was sober already then. Yeah. When he came, yeah. So, yeah, it's been five years, and uh, it ended on a good note with you going sober and finding purpose in your life again. It's been five years since that, so what have you been up to for the last five years? <laughs> What's keeping you busy these days? I don't know, same thing, I guess. I have, you know, I still haven't watched it. Hmm. So, but uh, everyone says it's really good. But uh, it's really good. And also, there is like, yeah, maybe five, no, maybe six years ago, this Swedish, fuck, I forget the name, whatever, he, was, he makes movies anyway. And he started to make also a documentary, but he's a documentary filmmaker. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, and he—it's not focused in, on skating or anything like that. So he—he's just doing a, a film on my life. And I think he, there may be some older footage of me skating because that's the only footage from back then there is. But so he's been doing that. He actually no, he started actually before the epic later because he started before I got sober. That's right. So he's been doing that for maybe six years. Wow. Maybe maybe longer. So we started filming. He wanted to do a, a movie or whatever of my life. And then something happened where we had like a five-year break from the movie. And may, I may have told him, fuck you, <laughs> fuck the movie, let's not do this. And then five years later, when I was sober and everything, like the epic later, later that had come out and then... He called me and like, hi, remember me? Uh, it's Max, the film guy. I'm like, yeah, of course I remember you, what's up? He's like, would you wanna uh, still do the movie? I'm like, yeah, sure, why did we stop? He's like, well, you don't remember? No, I don't remember and I still don't remember. And I don't think I've asked him what happened actually, even, but we have started again, and I think it's going to look good. It's, uh, I've seen little bits, a couple of possible trailers, and I think it's going to look good. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a cool movie. Yeah, stoked to see that, man. Looking back at the Story Trilogy, all epic barn burners, which was your favorite part and why? I don't know. I, I don't know. I never really thought about them as just, like, separate like that. <laughs> tough to pick yeah because i mean i wouldn't know when i look at the first one that was good then or i mean 
it was okay. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, I watched them all multiple times today. Yeah. They're all really sick. The first one is like, is so proper. There's a couple of lines in the first one. The two lines that I think it's Ladome, the three stair, and then the double set oh, are so yeah. good. That's okay. See, that's the first one. Yeah. 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 And those shoes, massively too big. <laughs> Circus shoes, which I borrowed from Appleyard, or I didn't. Even, I think he was going to throw them out, and I didn't have shoes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, let me have your shoe. That switch hard flip was crispy. No, I mean, yeah, that probably the first one. I don't like the music, though, so that... That one's out? Kind of destroys it for me a little bit, but the skating, if I could add some other music to it. I think uh, one of my favorite clips in all three of those parts was your line with the switch crook the rail, and then, and I think it's in Really Sorry, and then you switch back 5-0, oh. that handrail as well. Because I feel like sometimes your personality could overshadow your skating, but let's not front like you weren't actually extremely talented as well. Switch back five on a handrail. It's no joke. You which know? one is which one is that though? Switch crooks and switch five oh. You do like front side flip up some stairs, switch flip on flat, and then switch crook this rail. Hmm. And then you switch back five oh the same rail for single. I wonder if that's in Australia. I think it is. But then, which one? Because there's another line with a handrail at the end in Liverpool. With the switch tail? Yeah, which one? That one is over. Uh, that's in Sorry. I think that's front side flip up. I can't remember if you do a flat ground trick and then switch tail, the green rail. Yeah, I do some, yeah, I do some <laughs> flat ground trick to come into switch, I think. I just remember always loving that switch back 5 on that handrail because I'm like, damn, mm. yo, party clips, and then all of a sudden just switch back 5 a rail. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's all the way they edited it, too. And I mean, I guess the first one, I mean, the mute, the song fits and everything, but I just don't like the... I, that's not a song that I would ever listen to. <laughs> or It worked I, really I mean, well, though. It, I know, that's what they convinced me. They're like... I'm like, what are you convincing me? Like, I don't even have a say in, in the matter anyway. Like, you don't even have to convince me. That's, like, it was already decided, like, yeah. this is your song. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? <laughs> they probably just wanted to make you happy. No, they wanted it to, to fit, I think, like, to the, the rest of the stuff or whatever. Or, like, to the, I don't know who made the choice. Hmm. I, mean, I understand how it fits, like, with, with the part, but, uh, yeah, I didn't choose it. And another song that I didn't choose, which I think is way better, is The Baker. I don't know which one, maybe the first, one of the first ones, where there's like a, the, the Animals song, mm. which is a really good song, which I actually do listen to, and that fits really good too, to the part. But I didn't choose that either. But that one is fucking good. It was, and it was filmed... It's the the part where it's all filmed in uh, in Stockholm, I think. You know what? Hmm. You know what song I really liked was um, your Osiris subject to change. Oh, uh, that one I did choose. Yeah, there's sick. one. Yeah, I did the fucking Apache. Yeah, yeah. that was such a good See, match to your skating. Yeah, I love that edit. 
That's good. See, Osiris was, they were like, do whatever you want. Sure, <laughs> well, you get a laptop, get a shoe, find, like, choose your song. They were like, they, I was like, I want a shoe, like a creeper. And I think I even had a little drawing, and they're like, yep, let's do it. Oh, but then sick. also, they had had the D3, the D3, so mine wasn't even that crazy anymore. <laughs> they, would have, they would have just let me do anything. <laughs> so also at the end of your epically latered you're uh trying some kickflips and rolling around a bit obviously you had your leg issues with the accident yeah yeah what's going how's your leg doing these days have you been able to skate a little bit more no still haven't done a kickflip though fuck no i haven't really tried either since then i don't think but i, I mean i can roll around and now it's getting a bit nicer weather here and the skate park that I tried it at is right like next like it's really close where I live now. Nice. So and they have a so called they call this the flat no, the freestyle section where there's like this nice flat ground area. Oh yes. So maybe I'll go there and try some kickflips. So we were supposed to come out to Sweden in early April, but obviously that fell through. What's the skate scene like there? Yeah, I mean, if I compare it to like when I left, it was, I mean, it felt like for us or for me that it was like, oh yeah, the skate scene is really big. But now looking back, it was like, like you almost knew everyone that skated. Mm -hmm. Even the people from outside of this city, but now it's just so big, like it's so everyone fucking skates. Yeah, I can't even really compare it. So like, because when I started, it was really small and underground. Now there's skate parks everywhere, like huge cement parks, and they even have like skate school. You can go like to t take classes at the skate mm -hmm. park as a part of your school damn so yeah it's pretty huge yeah we're looking forward to getting out there man so you guys are still gonna come but yeah in the in summer maybe yeah hopefully end of summer maybe would be nice so what are you looking most forward to when this pandemic passes <laughs> i don't know uh, i mean i like chilling at home anyway so it's not really <laughs> that big of a deal for me so yeah I don't know there's what what a if there's anything that I really really want to do that I can't do right now I don't know so most people are stuck at home on lockdown while all this is going on you have any TV show book or movie recommendations for the people mm, I don't know <laughs> I'm I'm guessing that everyone's seen everything already so <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably see the same shit as everyone else sees. I don't know. I haven't read any books, but I'm supposed to be writing my own book that oh. I started. Yeah. I had a, a, a ghost writer for a while doing it. And then, I don't know, I haven't heard from him for a while. And then I was in Paris with Eric, actually. And I stayed at this uh, Mark, this friend's house. And we were just talking, hanging out, and like I'm just talking about my life, and he's like, holy fuck, you should write a book. And I'm like, yeah, I'm already writing a book, man. He's like, yeah. well, yeah, but you should do it yourself. Like, 
And since then, I'm like, okay, fuck it, I'll just do it myself. Sick. So that's another thing, yeah. And then he writes to me every once in a while or calls me like, oh, how is the book going? Now is the perfect time. Like, I'm yeah. like, but we're not even on lockdown. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I started uh, this and yeah. Nice. See how that pans out. It's going to be a powerful book, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and this week, it's an honor to be presented by Skaters Vote. Be a voice for change and register to vote. Skaters Vote is helping everyone rolling in the U.S. register to vote. You can follow them at at skatersvote on Instagram, or go to skatersvote.com to register online, get resources on upcoming elections, and more. You can make it happen. Register, research, and keep pushing for positive change. All right, Ali, you know what time it is. Rapid fire. Let's get it, bruv. All right. Favorite skater? Mike Carroll. Favorite video? Questionable. Favorite video part? Mouse, maybe, Mike Carroll. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? <laughs> I want, would want to say Mike Carroll, but it's, it's not. <laughs> it's, it doesn't... It's... Uh, Maybe just my friends who I skated with, or like Jim and Andrew and them. Yeah, you were in your own lane, man, doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Tom Penny. Oh. Favorite trick? Favorite trick? Nolly flip. Yo, you had one in your Osiris part where you uh-huh. crooked that, that crazy thing? Did you know about that one? That's the best one, yeah? Yeah, that Nolly flip was insane, yeah. bro. And then th- there's another one. But it's not as good, but almost. I don't Maybe it wasn't even in a video. It's in Australia, like I roll down like this little hill and then, what do I do? I nolly flip and then something down some stairs. That one is way like more recent, but it's not, oh, okay. like, it's not filmed the same, like you don't see it as from the side like that. Yeah. That one in the Osiris video is epic. Yeah. Um, going so fast. Hardest trick for you? I would well, man, say maybe 360 flip. It's not really good for me. <laughs> <laughs> you got some of those, though. I know, but they're not fucking easy. <laughs> I love that one in Really Sorry where you grunt and you can like fully hear it to start that line oh yeah see because uh, they're never <laughs> I'm never satisfied with any of the ones that I've done oh, that's classic most illegal trick I know I've done some ugly fucking oh maybe this I don't even know what it's called the fast plant maybe <laughs> or you know when you do uh, yeah over this yeah, you like ollie yeah put your foot yeah, down yeah exactly oh yeah but I don't know if that's in the video or if I just seen the footage. I think it's in the video. And also to make it even more horrible, I have like purple socks on and shorts. And I never <laughs> ever wear shorts either. Like so, that's a pretty ugly, ugly one. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Maybe that Nolly Flip in the Osiris video. <laughs> yeah, sick. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? I mean, the gnarliest 
tricks I've seen. This is not even just one single trick. It's like Tom Penny over the sh chain in San Diego. Oh, that was damn. like the whole session. It was just going on and on. What's the one trick that got away? I almost said the ollie down to 25, but that's not barely even a trick. So, <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Oh, man, I've seen uh, many. <laughs> it's probably this guy, Swedish guy called JJ, Jimmy, Jimmy J, like anything he really tries. But there's this, uh, this is pretty old footage too. He tries this double kink. And we don't know if he's trying an O-slide or a board slide, but <laughs> everyone knew, like, holy fuck, there is no way that he will even get close. But he still tried it and fucked himself up really badly. Damn. He had the whole, the whole squad come to watch him. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everyone knew like and i'm sure someone's like don't don't, don't do it man <laughs> and everyone knew like there is no way he's gonna make it yeah. and then he like he he gets uh, he may have tried a, a, a board slide but he co goes up to like a no slide and then just uh, just <laughs> unexplainable like he almost does like a front flip and like lands upside down and <laughs> yeah and he, while he's screaming in mid-slam, like, ah, <laughs> Yeah, it's brutal. Well, I hope he was all right. As long as he was all right, that's always a fun day for the crew. But, yeah, that's the thing. He, that's like something like that happens even if he's not skating. Like, he once fell in between the subway, like, the platform and the moving train. Oh, my God. And didn't oh die, you know. And, yeah shit like that he just gets drunk and then stupid shit like that happens favorite local brand i'm gonna have to go with the victor's cheapo then <laughs> of course favorite local skater uh i'll say hurricane fanny it's this girl that lives uh, really close to us nice what's the one sponsor you regret riding for yeah, I don't know if I regret any. Oh, maybe the the shoe company that I ever got out in the air. What was it called? Nadia. <laughs> probably that. A shoeless shoe company? Yeah, probably that one. Who is Mark Owens? <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a combination of two people actually. <laughs> there is no Mark Owens. <laughs> There is a there's Rick Owens, and then there's Mark. Then, then yeah, that's just those two names put together. <laughs> and I don't know if that became, yeah, I don't know. It's an actually a made-up person. <laughs> because I I think uh, I was I dressed up in this Rick Owens type of looking if you've seen his if you know who he is and his brand yeah i know his fashion yeah he ha always has like the, the, the i don't know if it's the, the a real model or if it's the if the guy's boyfriend that always comes up in the shows first to, to show the first piece and there's always like this dress but it's it's a guy that has a dress on i think it's his boyfriend and uh, 
and we were staying at Mark's house, and then I, I don't know, I had this, actually, he was an aggressive, it was a, a singlet that was re a, a really long singlet that it looked like something out of the Rick Owens show. And I was looking at Mark when I said, so I just, some, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain the story. It was some weird Freudian slip type of situation. And then that morphed into like, oh, Mark Owens. When, when, because I dressed uh, like some Rick Owens type of a, it was, it was, that's it. I, we can call it like my alter ego became this Mark Owens <laughs> character. That's sick. Favorite teammate ever. I mean, the whole the whole flip team was always was always a good favorite. So I don't know. I can't really say one single. We'll take it. Worst teammate ever. What the fuck was his name? Chris. Fuck was his name? Dobstaff or something. <laughs> do, do you know who yeah. this is? Uh, oh yeah. What was his Chris name? Dobstaff. The first name. Yeah, Chris Dobstaff. Was it Chris Yeah. He was pretty bad, but I mean, he was he was a nice person like that. But he was like as a human being, he was he was a nice, uh, friendly. But as a human, he was uh, pretty bad. Worst company. I don't know why I can't think of any. Like the, okay, the shoe company again that never existed. <laughs> Nadia, I guess that's the worst. Worst trend. Oh, the worst trend was probably when uh, those yellow, massive New Deal pants. <laughs> if, if, I don't know if you guys had that, but that was a thing at some point. Some New Deal yellow ma and the cutoff. I never had them, but everyone had those. <laughs> worst style. Yeah, it was the same time as the... Probably the worst style had happened when you had the tiny, tiny wheels. Yeah. Or do you, or do you mean like a, a specific person who has the worst style? Yeah, yeah, one person. Eric hit me up and said he had to change his today. Oh, yeah? What? Originally, he said Bill Weiss. And then ah, this today he hit me up and he's like, I got to go with Tom Krauser instead. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, I'm sure there's worse than that. Oh, no, I, well, I can't think of it right now, but if, like, usually when I watch, oh, and I get so fucking angry, I'm like, why are we watching this? This is horrible. It's just, it's... What about your boy, Chad Fernandez? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, there is worse. <laughs> there, I know, there, which seems unreasonable, but there is. <laughs> Oh, and I think I'm going too far back in time. Like, i, I got to think of some more newer ones. Bill Weiss, like, that's not even... Oh, you know who I really disliked was... Uh, uh, that's way back in the day, too. Fuck was his name. He's a contest skater. I only ever saw him in, like, Germany as a contest. But I think... He rode for Osiris, maybe, even before it was Osiris. Marco Urabi, or Urabi, or whatever. 
Do you even know who that I've is? Never heard of yeah, him. you see. No. But that guy, yeah, I think he's from from the states. He was horrible. I'm look him up. Yeah, and he specifically, what I remember is like did some 360 flip Benihana. Oh no! In his run. Oh. Oh, Always. Jesus. Like, that, was, that was his go-to contest That was his trick. big, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, then he's well-deserving uh, of this. So just for that trick, it, he's horrible. Last person you want on the sesh? Mm-hmm. Chad Fernandez. Damn. <laughs> 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 uh, That's the real still beef. Still can't catch yeah. a break, eh? He's got Jim's back till the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with the legend, Ali Buala. Man, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, thank you. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks, G. Welcome back to the post office. It's episode 10, which means there's only two weeks left. Get your emails and voice notes into the buntlive at gmail.com. Ghost, who we got up first? You've got mail. First up, we got an email from Mitchell W. What's up, bump boys? Let's get a top five list of dreadhead skaters. I just rewatched the iPath promo from back in the day and thought about how many dope ones there have been. Personally, I gotta go number five, Adelmo Jr., number four, Neen Williams, number three, Brandon Turner, number two, Louis Marnell, and number one, Carl Watson. There's so many good ones that it feels disrespectful to not include them in my list. I'm gonna predict Seifa will have Fabrizio Santos at number one. <laughs> Keep up the good work, homies. Let's get a Clyde Singleton episode. By the way, when is Donovan gonna get his own section on the show? The ghost already has two locked down with shower of the week and rapid fire. Peace. Well, first Jeez, off, man, I need my own. This is our show. It's fifty percent mine, ain't it? Yeah. Well, I was gonna address that. First off, no one's stopping Donovan from having his own section. Oh, so. that's how it's gonna be. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Season twelve. Uh, hopefully, Donald comes up with something. <laughs> oh my god four years into the mix i actually had the nhl minute for a second but i just can't talk to myself about hockey it doesn't feel right <laughs> well uh, the rundown the rundown the rundown is like fucking dono's fucking little baby to begin with yeah i guess i do kind of like pick the things that we talk about well you you have a big say in that too but i mean like 50 percent of the show is my section doc so I mean, yeah, I spark up the intro every week. Donald's the host. The post he, he just, I'm like I his intro the pig. rundown. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that would be fun to, to have a new thing for next season. Yeah, where are we going like, to put it? At the fucking end of the rundown? <laughs> where, where my NHL make, uh, my NHL minute went. Yeah. After we sign off, I'll have my own section back there. Yeah. Dono's Nolly Flip of the Week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So, top five dreadhead skaters, man. You picked fucking five good ones. What would we do? Just mix the order of this five? I know. Like, yo, people I was hoping when you read the email that you wouldn't read his fives because it's like 
who else is there? Oh, People love Fabrizio this. and John Gaby. Like, <laughs> yeah. People love to send it, ask for a list, and then give theirs and take all the best options. So I think it's going to be hard to knock any of those five guys out of the all-time list. But I think we can come up with five new ones, five other options. Obviously, Nigel in his younger years. What was that part called? The one where he skates to Lil Wayne? Where he's like, he just cut his hair for the first time, but some of the clips still have dreads. Well, that part goes with the giant Nolly Crook. So, Nija, and then, of course, I got to go with Fabrizio Santos. This isn't really in any order, though. This is just five more dope skaters. Who else you got? Uh, Tosh Townend had dreads at the end of his career there. So sick. Yeah, did those spark in This Is Skateboarding? Or was that the yeah, element I think, like, later I think days? it was This Is Skateboarding. That's a legend right there. A next legend, KB, Kevin Bradley. He had the like short ones, but he ended up, he grew them out like a fair length, like down to his shoulders and like in blessed. He had some clips with some, some proper dreads going there. And uh, we'll wrap it up with Matt Rodriguez, ultra legend and musician so of sin. Any sort of order mixed in there combined with his five we'd be cool with that as a top 10 hell yeah all right next up we have an email from blaine Beisenbach. hey bunt crew i'm from san antonio home with the spurs and not much else i have a question for donovan i was listening to an older episode i'm not sure which one but someone asked a question about your perfect board setup donovan said if he had a yalda polar 8.38 he would be set what trucks and wheels would you ride with this? I got one of these and have some truck madness going on. Also, you may have answered this before, but what are some tips on learning to skate switch? I've been skating for 20 years, and when I was a kid, I never focused on it. I was always trying to just be Jamie Thomas. But I'm old and can't jump down shit anymore, so I'm trying to get tech. My switch game sucks. A lot of people have said it is fun to relearn everything switch, but I can't get comfortable, and I get frustrated when I'm not landing shit. Thanks, guys. Love the show. So just real quick, the trucks and wheels I ride with the Yalta Polar 838 or 149 Thunders, hollow everywhere through the fucking axle and the kingpin. Get that shit as light as possible. And then you know what time it is. It's Spitfire 52's perfect wheel right there. That's what's up. Shout out to Deluxe for keeping us popping. This won't apply to you because I, I first started when I rolled my ankle for the first time and I couldn't, like once I could start skating again, I couldn't like slide my foot regular, do kickflips. So that was when, you know, start working on your switch ollies, but obviously we don't want you to roll your ankle. But uh, I'd say if you, if you dedicate, like try and dedicate a whole day to pushing around switch and just don't skate regular for a whole day and just see what happens yeah. just pushing switch doing little switch ollies you know switch ollie up the curb just try and go to like the corner store switch and back start doing little switch shoves switch 180s shit man it's never too late but it, it's gonna take some time and yo don't be disrespecting the chief like that he can skate switch Woo! he's got a mean switch crook and shit come oh, on shit. now but actually, 
that's the only switch trick I can think of. Oh no, he switch lips some handrails, man. That's pure putting your nuts on the line. Put some respect on the Chiefs name. Alright, next up, we got an email from Brendan Chapman. Hey guys, I'm 22. I've been skating since I was eight. These past two years I've been working at FedEx. And ever since the coronavirus pandemic shit has been pretty fucking hectic there. Luckily, I found out about the Bunt Live about two months ago, and I've been binge listening to multiple episodes every single day at work. Not only has it helped me get through dealing with a bunch of dumbass people, it's also been getting me through the crazy mental stress of working at FedEx during these times. To say you guys have saved my life is an understatement, because honestly, I don't know what I'd be doing if I wasn't listening to the podcast and laughing my ass off at work every day. Thank you guys for all that you do and saving lives out here. I'll be listening every week, actually every day, still trying to get that box. You heard? <laughs> That's a legend right there. Hell yeah, Brendan. That's why we do it. Stories like that warm our hearts. Appreciate you listening, and and we're glad that we're part of your life and helping you, man, on the front lines through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, you're doing some good work out there. Keep it up. Hopefully one day... You got a box coming your way, you diggy. All right, next up, we've got an email from Ethan Bison. Yo, Bunk Gang, Ethan from New Hampshire. As a nose grind connoisseur, I see some homies at the park do them, and they scrape their nose along the ledge. I tell them they got to balance them, but I get flack for calling them out. As I feel that's the only way nose grind should be is balanced. What's your opinion? Love the podcast. Keep it up. Oh, 1,000% agree, diggy. Yeah, keep calling them out, dog. All day. Like, if you want to learn how to do a long nose grind, eventually you got to learn how to do a balance because that's too much friction, Deggy. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I ain't got to tell you, but, like, imagine we pulled up to Dunbat and tried to nose grind the whole box and you're scraping the whole time. No. First off, you're going to fucking shovel up a fucking huge snowball's worth of wax. Mm-hmm. And second, it just ain't, it ain't going to look good. It ain't gonna feel good either. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind putting your nose down, obviously, on a rail. Like, it's almost impossible not to unless you're, like, Colt Cannon. It, it's a little different. Like, if you're nose grinding, like, some sort of, like, outledge or hubba or something, then then you don't have to. You know, like, especially if it's, like, a short grind and you just want to put all your pressure on the nose and you can't be bothered to, like, worry about balancing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But... If you do balance on a hubber or something, that's bonus points. But if you're just no, like learning how to nose grind a ledge, of course you want to try and get it balanced. All right, next up, we got an email from Larry Perkins. What's up, Safe Fun Donovan? Thank you for the COVID chronicles. It helps having something to look forward to during these hectic times. You guys are showing that the bunt really is for the people. I started listening at the beginning of this year and was so stoked to find a skate podcast that keeps it real. The Nine Club has a couple good episodes, like Ashad's, but for the most part, they kook it pretty hard and can be super corny. The guest is what makes their episodes good, and that's not the case with you guys. For example, I enjoyed Clint Walker's episode, but still think he's a kook of pain. (laughs) It's dope that you guys watch your guest parts before they come on the pod and base some of your questions off of that unlike chris roberts who regularly mentions how he does no research and then proceeds to have a pretty vanilla interview i know you guys aren't about picking sides but i just upgraded my patreon 
membership to barn burner and you already know nine club ain't getting a dime from me still <laughs> oh my god bunt gang larry perk yo big things respect of our patrons while i'm at it with the ass kissing big ups to ants one for the black moon sample on fuck what you heard off volume three mixtape that beat is straight fire homie and i'm looking forward to volume four Love oh, you, all around Studio E, dog. You know Ants is cooking some shit up. All right, so my question is about the legality of a trick. Cyril Jackson's survival part got me looking back on some of his old parts. In Bacon Destroy, he's got a clip where he tray flips a stair set and then 540 flips the second stair set. I know every natural instinct when you hear 540 flip goes to illegal, but the man somehow manages a front foot catch down a set of stairs. What do you guys think? Does CJ get a pass? Also, just in case the last question was trash, here's another. Let's hear your <laughs> top five for kooks of pain in skateboarding. Cue the gunshots. Wow. Jesus H, man. Well, your first question wasn't trash, so maybe we won't bother with the second one. <laughs> top five, too. Jeez. <laughs> Donald, do you want to take this one? It's it's easy answer. It's simple. No, he does not get a pass, man. And no 540 flips are so illegal. Just don't do it. Anything over a 360 is unnecessary. You should have just done two 360 flips. It's just simple mathematics, man. 360 is cap. Don't go past it. Yeah, real shit. Unless you're dunking uh, back in the day, our boy, and you're working on your switch no slide, 720 shove. A.K.A. the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Hey. A.K.A. the son of Diego and Tiago. Yeah. All right. You know how we do it around here in studio. We, we alternate and we do a, a combined top five kooks in skateboarding. I'll spark it off with Dane Vaughn, man. Those kits. Fuck. <laughs> um, I'll go with uh, my favorite kook. Possibly the number one kook in the game. I mentioned it before. That's our boy Mickey Papa. Dude, your hate for him runs deep, G. Um, I'll back that up with Brandon Beeble. Absolutely no awareness of what's going on in the world. Beeble. Yeah. Ultra unfortunate, ultra kooky. Damn, Beeble. I'll back that up with uh, another favorite of mine. Manchild, the kook of sin. Maybe we'll just take the easy way out and just throw some more dirt on the name of Chris Dobstoff. Lala did it. He's our boy. We'll back him up. <laughs> just like just like Ali backed up fucking Jim with Chad Fernandez. Exactly. That's, not, that's not a bad list, you know, off the top. Chris Dobstaff. Mickey Papa, Manchild, Dane Vaughn, and Brandon Beeble. Lovely list. All right, next up, we got an email from Jacob H. Yo, Bunk Gang, hope y'all are well and getting back to skating now that things are slowly easing back to normal after this COVID bullshit. Thanks so much for keeping the pod going through all of this. Yo, it's actually so weird. I know we don't really talk about COVID so much, but like, I think we're just like getting used to it being around, but I don't think that it's going back to normal like our lives might be, but it's still as present as ever. But anyways, 
My question for you, what am do you think is the most deserving of pro status these days? I'll throw my hat in for Matt Gottwig. Dude has been killing it for a long time and his style is so good. I see him at my local park from time to time and it's always a treat. Honorable mention goes to Carl Aikens for obvious reasons. That's a tough question because people turn pro so quick these days that it's hard to keep track of who's pro and who isn't. Mm-hmm. Karan Gale. <laughs> Remember when he got mad when he's like, man's a pro. Mitch Barrett. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Mitch Barrett, man. I don't even think he has a board sponsor these days. So that guy a fucking board with his name on it. And DC, just turn him pro. Just put him on the US team. You know, do the right thing. You know what time yeah. it is. Let's get Mitch paid. Been making money off his back for years now. It's time to uh, return the favor. Let's get Mitch paid. Next up, we got an email from Ellie Katz. Hey, Bunters. Just started listening at the beginning of the pandemic. Thanks for holding it down. I've been really into Canadian skate history since I found the pod. The progression of style and the clothing in Canada is equally intriguing and funny to me. Who do you think is paving the way in the post-3XL era of Canadian fits? My personal favorite is Dustin Henry. He looks like he's going to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Best wrists in skateboarding. Thanks for all you do. Love from Arizona. I'm telling everyone I know about the pod. Legend. That's what it's all about, yo. Spread the good word, brother. (laughs) Man, Jed Anderson is swagoo out there. I'll start with him. That's a good one. Definitely not Justin David's dusty ass. Jeez, you haven't even seen him this summer. He's looking clean. I'm just kidding. I just felt like he's got a big old hairdo. Oh, people probably don't know this name too much outside of Toronto, but the good homie, John Lenny, one of my favorite people to uh, spend time with. You know, when I get to it, it's always a good time. And uh, he's always steezy. I I can't pull off his style of kits. He's just a well-dressed, good-looking motherfucker. There you go. What can I say? All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the post office for this week. Couple nice top fives in there, dread skaters and kooks of all time. That list is ever evolving. It could always change. Like I said in the intro, two weeks left. Get your emails and voice notes in to the bunt live at gmail.com. Tis the sales. <laughs> Fucking. I got a Sega Dreamcast, dog. <laughs> Welcome back to The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. It's another slow week in the sports industry, but I think we got a couple things we need to catch up on, man. We talked about Skinny Jokic, and now we're talking about Skinny Gasol. What do you think? I saw that, and it got me hyped for the Raptors to make a sneak appearance back in the finals. I think... uh, this year, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any surprises if, if you know, any team can make it. So, I feel like obviously the Bucks are still the favorite, but because we have no idea what type of shape everyone's coming back in, I was encouraged to see that Mark is is in tip-top shape. So, hopefully, we can uh, sneak our way back to the finals, yo. He is definitely an integral part of the team when he's healthy. This past week was the anniversary of the Raptors' first 
NBA championship. It was nice seeing those posts reminiscent on the parade and taking out the Warriors and just seeing Kawhi in the red and black again was nice, man. Oh, man. Simpler times, man. It seems like a lifetime ago <laughs> with this damn pandemic. Some of the Raptors and staff just flew down to Orlando today. That's the first I've seen of any teams heading over there. Mm. So uh, they're just going to get comfy and, you know what I'm saying, get familiar with them rims. I cannot wait for basketball to be back. It's going to be crazy to see the type of compound they have down there in Orlando. And honestly, I have no idea why or maybe teams have already probably set this up, but we should be seeing multiple reality shows coming out of the NBA living inside a bubble. Like, why can't we? This <laughs> yeah. is unprecedented access. We're talking about how much we loved seeing behind the scenes of Jordan in that one season. Can you imagine we had all the teams in a reality show and week by week they get eliminated like it's fucking Big Brother or something because they get knocked out of the playoffs. Like, That'd be so sick, but I can't really see teams, like, you know, whether it's the players or not. Like, I just can't see the, the execs at teams, like, approving that. It's just... And then, like, that means more bodies down there that are unnecessary, the film crew and shit. But just think about I it. I love man. the idea. It, it no, no, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love the idea. It has every... You get their home life when they're with the kids and the wife. You get the sports life. You get the actual games. We could get to see the GMs. Everyone should have a mic on 24. This should be the Truman Show is what they should be making right now. Like, oh man, that would be insane. It's 24/7 coverage. You tune in whenever you want. Like, <laughs> insane. The possibilities are there. Definitely, but I mean, we both know that ain't happening. But one or two players is gonna, are gonna have their own little thing going on for sure. Oh, there's for sure gonna be some like Insta Live yeah. and shit like that. Maybe people will be documenting it and putting out some YouTube content later. We know Jimmy Butler loves to do well, that. Well, GoPros are um, gonna be everywhere, let me tell you. Yeah. So speaking of the bubble, you've heard of someone who is not going into the bubble. He's decided to sit out for obvious reasons. Who, who are we talking about? My main man, Davis Bertans, man. I was kind of bummed when I saw it. I was like, oh shit, because he's on my fantasy team. But then I remembered like, oh yeah, like fantasy it's season's over. It, it ain't affecting me. But yeah, Bertans, he's a free agent this summer. So he's had two ACL surgeries and the Wizards chances of making the playoffs are slim. So he's just doing the smart thing. I feel like, you know, in the 90s or something, if he did this, There'd be an uproar, but these days with the amount of money, especially the amount of money he might be coming into as a sharpshooter three, the Latvian, man, he's catching a bag. the Latvian laser, I think <laughs> is that what his nickname is. I, I can't remember, but <laughs> nah, man, he's, I, I support him sitting out. I, I feel bad. I'm sure he must've run it by his team and shit, but the wizards need to sign him back this summer. Like John Wall's not playing like. There's no real shot at a championship for them, so I support him sitting out. Bradley Beal's going to come out of this, these last two seasons with fucking chronic back pain, man. Poor guy. <laughs> real the shit. loads are getting heavier and heavier. A little bit more basketball news. The Clippers have added some size up front in Joakim Noah, but what does this guy have left, man? He is known for being an energizer bunny his whole career so i'm hoping 
you know he's been off the court for a while i'm hoping that he can just tap back in to that energy uh and let's not underestimate him i think one year he actually finished <sighs> fuck i'd have to look it up real quick but he was actually in the mvp voting um one year when derrick rose went out i think he he he's been an all-star a couple times and i remember that one season he like put the team on his back man like he was once a very 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 good player so i hope he has something left in the tank because i mean we'll see if dwight howard's gonna enter the bubble or not he's part of the players coalition with Kyrie, mm. talking about we don't want to distract from from the movement right now so the the clippers it was always like okay the lakers are gonna be able to punish them down low right so i love this addition and i would love to see the clippers win and noah get a ring always been a fan Correct me if I'm wrong. Joakim Noah signed his big deal with the Knicks after the Bulls. Yeah, uh, that was one of Phil Jackson's and first. And that's where he started moves. to fizzle out, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing's more unmotivating than playing for the New York Knicks. I think you put him on the court with the Clippers, a lot more to play for. That energy comes a little bit easier as well. Definitely. Okay, I just looked it up. I thought maybe I was imagining things, but Joakim Noah finished fourth in MVP voting. The year Kevin Durant won. Jesus. That is absolutely insane. So he's got it in there. And now he's playing with a hell of a team. Dude, it was Kevin Durant won, and then it was LeBron, Blake Griffin, and then Joakim Noah. Damn, Blake, Wow. Too. Yeah. That was Lob City. Yeah. Mad thing. All right, y'all. The rundown was short and sweet this week. We're looking for topics. We're looking for news. We're doing our best, but... It's a cold world out there, so what do we got to do? Bundle up, baby. All right, y'all. Catch you next week. What you heard, what you heard, what you heard, what you heard. Break it down like whatever you want.